morning. Did you all know we're going to have church today? Good to see everybody. Welcome to the continuing journey of faith. We're going to keep walking with God. And uh, we've got more in that sermon series this morning. Today is also third Sunday, and we've got a uh, potluck fellowship meal after the service and bonus session after that, and it's going to be tying into the uh, topic of the sermon. And uh, yesterday was our pastor's birthday, so happy birthday, Randy. Big seven zero or a little seven zero in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, Cass put on a great party for him. Thanks, Cass. So, happy birthday, Randy. So here's a verse that you're going to hear again later this morning. I'm just going to go ahead and read it to you so you can start thinking about it. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. All right, that's for all of us. Randy's going to talk about that more in his sermon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for cool, crisp Sunday mornings when we get to gather, get to gather together with our family here and uh, worship you, get to hear from your word, get to uh, fellowship, talk about you, talk about the things you're doing, help each other with those things. Father, I just pray that your spirit would be here among us and uh, knitting us together, helping us to be the people you want us to be. And uh, Father, I thank you for for Randy for 70 years and the ways that you've blessed him. Father, for blessing us through him and uh, the years that you've given uh, him here at Grace Bible Church and the ways that you have uh, spoken to him and through him spoken to us and helped us to hear you better and uh, just pray for many more years of your spirit at work in his life and in our lives and I just thank you again for that I pray for the service this morning that you would be glorified here through everything that happens in this building and uh, in these people and I pray all these things in your son's name amen Precious blood's atoning 
Then I repented of my sin and won the victory.
passion and pride. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Desperation When all we know Is doubt and fear There is only One foundation We believe We believe In this broken Generation. When all is dark, you help. 
I hope you're ready to strap in. We talked about equipped last time, so the whole equipping thing is um, God's intention for all of us, all of his family, to be ready to do what he's called us to do on this planet in our lifetime and to be part of the family of God, living that out, walking with God in this world. And that is um, outlined, well, Ephesians 4 lays it out. So Ephesians 4.12 says that the people of God are to be equipped to do the work of the ministry so that everyone can become mature in Christ and accomplish all the things that he's, he desires. And... He, he desires for us to participate in that. So we talked about that, laid down the biblical uh, foundation for that last week. And then th- this is part two, which is more a- answering the question, so what do I do? What, what's involved in this being equipped? Where, where do I go with this? So we're going to look at, at that side of it, equipped part two. You are part of God's plan. You are part of God's plan. That is a, it's a worldwide, global uh, plan that God has for people, all people, men, women, boys, girls, every person, every tribe, every language. He is wanting to pull everyone together so we have this whole family uh, influence, uh, and this thing is so huge. He's going to use us to reach other folks in the world. He's also going to use us to impact those who are in the heavenlies. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, but th- they're different beings, and so those divine beings are also observing those uh, God's Angels are observing, and, and they're recording, and they're uh, cheering you on. There are others who are not so friendly and are opposed to your walking with God, so they will do everything they can to tear that down. That's happening. And in the midst of all of this, we've got, we've got an opportunity to, to reach the world. We also have to separate from the world because we are so influenced. We're born into this world. We we're, when we're going to work, we're going to school, we're being entertained, we're, whatever it is that we're doing, we're drawing that from the world. That's our source. So we began to look like the world, talk like the world, think like the world, and we react like the world because that's where we are. God has called us out of that world to not think that way, to not react that way, to break away from where our bodies and our brains would tell us to naturally react you listen to the world they go hey just go girl go go with what you feel worst advice ever so here you get all of these inputs from everywhere else they're in the memes they're on tv they're in ads you will hear it from your buddies when you're going to lunch and most of it from the world is deadly and for whatever reason we think putting arsenic in our hamburgers is okay but it isn't. And so to break away, break away from the world is part of this process, and that's what God's called us to do. He wants to win the people in the world. He doesn't want us to become or stay with them. We can't help them if we stay with them. 
We have to step out of that. So that's part of what we're talking about in this equipping thing. So that he wants more in the family of God. And he is, um, if, you, if you think about like an astronaut and, and they have to prepare to go, you know, have the right stuff and then they get to be trained and then they go into space, which is a strange uh, environment and they have to have technical knowledge. There are a lot of things they have to do really well in order to, to get to do what they're going to do. And, and that's how we find out how that how that all works out there. They have to be equipped. They have to be supplied with the right kind of, of a suit to wear in that kind of environment. They have to know how to use it. They have to know how to use their minds, how to stay disciplined, stay uh, connected, stay in communication with Houston. All of those elements are part of it, to be equipped to do that. You, my friend are also to be equipped. There is the armor of God you're supposed to put on every day. If you don't know about that, that's going to be a problem. If you are to live in an environment where the air, the prince of the power of the air is Satan, if you want to breathe deep in this world, that's where you go. If you want to break away from that, you have to breathe differently. You need to be equipped to do that. That's what these astronauts have trained on to breathe their air. You can't breathe in space. They need to breathe this air. They need to know how to operate. They need to know how to function. They need to know what the job is. All of those parts, are, are all of those things are playing a part in this so to be equipped. So you are part of God's plan. And being equipped is going to be, uh, well, it's going to take a number of things. So here are some of those to... Um, get you going. So we're going to start with having this primary person. Primary person. This is to get to know and love God. Got to start there. There is a tendency to get to know ourselves and love us. You look in the mirror, the first thing you're doing is, you know, what you like for breakfast or how you want your bed to be when you go to bed or how the day's going to flow that is all about you day in day out you who do you love you well, that's why the scripture never says you know you really need to start by loving yourself it never starts there because we do that we got that what we do need to do is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's a whole different thing because it breaks us from the world. It takes us away from the thinking uh, that the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world, has and controls, and he's feeding us from every angle so that we go in God's direction. We're going to walk with God in this world. And to do that means we've got to think differently. We've got to move in another direction. And love is key. Who we love, how we love, how deeply we love. Then it sets in motion a whole new way to love, indeed, ourselves, but properly. And love others properly. And to do it with, with a power that comes from out there, not just little storage I've got that's about the size of an acorn and me. So it changes up the whole... Uh, way we interact 
with the world around us. But we've got to start with this primary person to get to know and love God. So discover, this is part of the equipping part, discover the person and position of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we can, we can be happy that, you know, we know those names, you know, titles that uh, we kind of get it, that there's three of them, there's one, and, and then we don't get that all at the same time. And then, well, we know the Father, he's supposed to be in charge of all of this. And then the Son, that's Jesus, he walked around the earth and he goes back and, and um, the Holy Spirit's kind of ghostly, wispy, not really sure what to do with that. And I'm supposed to love that, that I don't understand, that I don't know really a whole lot about. And because it's hard to grasp, I, I think I'll go fishing or find anything else to do. Or go just be bothered by the drama in my family. Something. Anything. Just don't leave me there struggling with who God is. And yet Jesus said the number one commandment. Number one takes in all of scripture. All of, all of history. All of eternity. Is to love God. With all our heart. Mind. Soul. And strength. And we can quickly just toss that like it's nothing. So we're starting with that one. To be equipped, you've got to know him. You've got to know him. If you're going to love somebody, you've got to know them. Or it's not really love. Maybe a fascination, maybe an interest. You know, people love Elvis. I mean, they're still dressing up and singing like him. People love Elvis. Do they really? And you know the answer to that. No. They don't even know him. Even the woman that was married to him is a little questioning how that worked. How we love how we love God requires that we get to know him. So that means digging into some theology, like reading a book. Like reading a book about who God is by somebody who may know something about who God is. Scripture is going to help you, but I guarantee you by the time you're done finding all the passages that tell you something about God and you don't know the context or the culture in which that was written, you'll be right back where you started. Going, yeah, I read that verse. Hasn't changed a thing. I don't know much more about the Holy Spirit than I did when I started. He's still wispy, still ghostly. He's supposed to be helping me, and there's the fruit of the Spirit, but that doesn't really work because I don't have any peace, and I'm certainly not patient. So that thing's not here. So where do I go? How about this? Pick up J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God. It's a place to start. Knowing God, J.I. Packer. Still a good one, solid he doesn't have everything in there, but it's a, good, it's a good place to start. It stretches. It gives you some knowledge. It gives you something to work from. And he has really wrestled with some things to put that together. Let me give you another one. A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. That one has, is more directed. It uh, has a passion with it. He also has The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer. The knowledge of the holy. 
Packer's book, book is a little longer. The Knowledge of the Holy is uh, a shorter book, but it is loaded. There are um, others out there. These these are, well, Tozer's mid-20th century Packer's probably came out well, maybe in the 60s. So anyway, th- these are not totally recent books. Good reads, good stuff. They did a lot of work to put them together. So it gives you something to work off of. It's say, okay, I, I, I need to understand who God is. And and then where, where I'm going with this, where, where how can I love him? And how can I love him that I don't understand? If I get to understanding more, then maybe I'll wrap my mind around this. Uh, the Lord said, uh, this is the one I'm going to look at. This is the one I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, pay attention to, this person on earth. That, pr- that person who is contrite of heart and trembles at my word. That person who is humble, that person who isn't just caught up in themselves and their own stuff, but they're, they're so willing to lay aside themselves to pursue him that he says, yeah, that one that one and then when he speaks they get it from the scriptures they read it in one of these books they they come into contact with something that is just so lofty so beyond them and they and they recognize this is holy stuff they tremble that's the one that one god says that one's getting it read some of these books Push yourself because everything in your body and everything in your brain is going to tell you, I don't have time. My brain's foggy when I read that. I've read that paragraph like three times. I still don't get it. Yeah. Do you know who else is playing with you? Every enemy of God is going to make sure you don't go get that book, any of those books. And if you read them, you'll get bored and go find something really interesting to do. Anything would be more interesting than spending time finding out who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who He is, who they are. Anything will be more interesting. And when that happens, just remember, I told you, it's the enemy. Your body is not in tune with this yet. It will be. You do this, it will be. And you've been doing some of this, so you know, you know, okay, I'm at 20%, maybe 35. I'm going that way. Let's get it to 100. To love God with all your heart. You understand the word all. A-L-L, that word, not A. Okay. 100%. Love God. All your heart. All your mind. Well, my mind's kind of there, but I get distracted. You know, I can't really focus. ADD, ADHD, I got something. No, it's crap. I had another word in mind, but I'm not saying it. No, it is not. It is your business, your business, to set your mind on the things above. Read the scriptures. See if it says that. Your business to make sure your mind doesn't drift. It's your business. It's your dang mind. Who's in charge of your mind? Who's in charge of your heart? Who's in charge of your body? 
And if it's not you, then who? You will stand before God one day and answer for the things you decided to do, whether to love him or not. But it begins right here, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That will get you started. Those are some books to get into. You can find them online. Some of them are PDF. They don't even, won't even cost you anything. Some of them have been read, so you can get audio books. I mean, they're audio book style, or some people post these things on YouTube. I mean, there's access to those books somehow, somewhere. Or you could just spring for it and buy the darn book. Then read it. Absorb it. Find out who God is. Love him. Get to know him. Follow him. To be equipped is to know him, to love him. If you're not there, you're not equipped. If you're not there, you're really not ready to stand before Jesus one day. You're not ready. You can be. It's just waiting. It's around the corner. He wants you to check out some. These are good. I keep reading the scriptures because, yeah, you're going to find stuff there. These guys have gone to the trouble of putting some things together to answer those questions of who God is. Good good people. So primary person, then authentic loyalty to God. Authentic loyalty to God. This is uh, responding to him properly as he's revealed himself and choosing to hold on to him, on, on to who he is and what he says with, with an undying obedience, with, um, with this loyalty that says, uh, no, he's my God. He is the most high. I'm sticking with him no matter what. No matter what else comes up. Well, you don't know, man. This, I got cancer. So where's God when something bad happens to me? God's still in the same place. Nothing changed. From the day you were born, he's been God. And he's, he continues to be God. Nothing changes. Do bad things happen to people? Yeah. You ever looked at a cemetery? It's full of people that something happened to. With the guarantee that when you're born, you're going to wind up in one. So where's the surprise in here? And we go, well, I, you know, I, I, bad thing happened. And so, man, can't love God anymore. You know, where's he? We got to get past whatever it is that may be hanging us up in any area of life because he is God. He made this place. He created it. He, he allowed you to be born in this time so that you might hear his truth, come into his family, and experience a whole new existence. He's made that possible. Authentic loyalty to God is to really believe him. So here's some learn to honor him. Learn to honor him. And to do that in, in the things that you're, um, that you're doing with your priorities, your, your ideas, your uh, words, the things that you are involved in uh, at home, at work, at school, in your relationships, whatever it is, you learn, you honor him. Well, I need to be pointed out. I need to be put on a pedestal. I need people to applaud me. I need people to listen to me. I need people to 
really, I'd, I'd like to you know, see where that says it in the Constitution, let alone in the Bible. You won't find it. It's in our heads. Honor him. You know what he says if you do that? He will honor you. One day, he will lift you up and you will be exalted at the proper time. That's a crappy time, isn't it? The proper time means not now. At the proper time, he will do that. So we don't have to fight for it. We don't have to demand. We don't have to push. We walk with him. We learn to honor him. Quit looking for ways to honor ourselves. We listen and do what God says. So we have to find what that is. We need to learn how to listen. And then when we do find it, and Scripture is really clear with some things we've shared recently, we're looking for the will of God. Well, here's a verse that says, here's the will of God for you. And we go right out on Monday and not do it. And it's just, do what he says. He's going to give us some things to, to do. He wants us to do that. Fully, the authentic loyalty to God, love God in heart and action. Love God in heart and action. So our heart's already set toward him, which means I am pro-God, pro-whatever he says. And then I'm going to follow through in the things that I do and how I do them. Let me use another word. Faith. Faith. All of this is about faith. All of this takes you back to the earliest pages of the book of Genesis. And you find it in Hebrews 11 when there's a summary statement of, okay, here's one, here's a person that God is saying, this person got it right, and it'll be Abraham. Why? Because he believed God. Okay, so what did we just talk about? Belief, faith, authentic loyalty to God. Learn to honor him. What did Abraham do? Listen and do what God says. What did Abraham do? Love God in heart and action. What did Abraham do? Was he perfect? Nope. Sold out his wife as a sister a couple times. Nope. But he was loyal to God. And you go through Hebrews 11 and you'll see the name after name after name. Loyalty to God. To be equipped means that he's a primary person, God's a primary person, and we have an authentic loyalty to God. Our faith is in him. We're living it out. We need to know uh, basics of Bible, so we need to get qualified. So basics of Bible qualification, and this is 2 Timothy 2.15. There's a book that God went to the trouble of having saved for you. Over 1,500 years, 40 different authors on three different continents wrote in three different languages, put this together, 66 books that we have available to us. 66 books that contain stories and examples and prohibitions and promises and all kinds of instruction for our good available to us digitally or printed form, it's available to us. And that information from God is totally precious. And nothing else like it exists. And it's available every day to every person 
In fact, now it's available around the world because they can just get on their phone or a computer and tap into it. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Okay. You used to say a workman approved. Uh, older translation. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed of what? Of not handling the word of truth accurately. Right? That would be awful. You mean I could misquote the Bible or misunderstand it or not get it or not even be that interested in it that I would engage in it? What what would be mishandling? Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Getting a hold of the scriptures and knowing what's happening in that book so that when you read that page, you're not reading into it whatever is happening in your life. You are reading the word of God from heaven to earth to you. And you go, okay, but this, this was written in, I don't know, 1000 B.C. Yeah, so it would be really helpful to read it as though the person who wrote that in 1000 B.C. had a life, had a context in which they lived in history, and that what they were going through is not necessarily what you're going through in the 21st century. Like, I just can't get my iPhone to work right here. Psalm 29 says, really? Psalm 29 was not written about you and your iPhone or your problem, whatever problem. He wrote something to an individual that was life-changing a thousand years before Jesus was born. And it has lasted because it is so valuable, so helpful, so life-changing. There are things in the scriptures that will help guide us they will correct us they will encourage us they will build us up they will give us hope but we need to understand what it really is accurately handling the word of truth which means somewhere you saw that word workman that means work somebody's got to put the effort in not just quickly read through it not just well that was nice Dig into the scriptures, learning methods, Bible study methods, how to understand the scriptures, how to uh, put the pieces together, connect the dots that are part of theology, part of how this verse in one part of the Bible connects to another and another book. And God has geniusly put this thing together. Again, we've got 66 books written over a long period of time. Different cultures, different histories, and yet it is one story. And you go, how in the world can that happen? God, the only way that can happen. And every time you read it, and you've had this happen, you just open the book, you read the thing, and you go, even if you're just randomly picking a verse, and you go, wow, I just learned something from that. And, you know, I just read that like a year ago, but now it just means something, I've got more out of it. You can read Huckleberry Finn that way and you will not come up with the same, wow, I just learned something totally new. It just I'm so inspired today. It just This book is unique. God's Spirit wants to operate through it and he will speak through there, but 
it also requires our part, which is I'm going to be loyal to God. I'm going to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to open his book, not just in passing, but to deepen my understanding of who he is and understand that book and handle that right, handle it properly so that I am not making stuff up and so that I don't miss it in this lifetime, whatever it is that God has in mind. But that's being equipped. You may not want to be equipped, but if you want to be equipped, it's going to require some effort to get there. Communication with God, practicing all communication skills. Practicing all communication skills. There is uh, uh, often taught that if, you, if you're having a quiet time, devotional time, you take your Bible and you set aside your 15 minutes and you read your devotional, you read your passage of Scripture, and you pray. So God is speaking to you through the Scripture part of that what you're reading and then you're speaking to god through your prayer and then you know for some some and probably everybody here at some point my 15 minutes is up check my box i'm done i'm moving on to something else this is about communication with god practicing all of the communication skills listening to him hearing his voice may be internal he may be audible you'll hear him through your ears that can happen it may be that he is speaking to you through another person. That can happen. It may be that he's going to speak to you through creation, and that's unfolding around you, but if you're not alert to it, and it's not just that's a pretty sunrise, sunset, birds are singing. He's going to speak to you in ways that will be life-changing and in specific things, but it requires learning how he communicates and practicing observation skills and interpretive skills that will allow you to actually make sense of those things that are unfolding. Not just finding beauty, which some people don't even get that, but this is going way beyond that level of communication. He has much more to say, and he wants to say that to you. Being equipped is being able to handle the communication. Remember, the astronauts in space... If he can't talk to Houston, how much trouble is he in? Communication is key, and it's got to go both ways. It's not, well, I'll just make up whatever I want from these verses I read today. Now I'm good to go because God's going to pat me on the back, and I'm cute, and off I go. No, there's more. So communication, practicing all communication skills, knowing the cosmic map. Remember, we're, we're in a war, we're in a battle worldwide through time until Jesus comes back. What if you were going to war, what would you do? Well, most military will put people through something called basic or boot camp. You learn some essentials so that you stay alive, you take out the enemy, and you help other people stay alive. If you don't have that and somebody gives you a weapon, somebody else is going to get hurt. So it's not wise. What about us? We're Christians. Do we automatically just become warriors? Nope. Doesn't come automatic. It takes work. Remember, you've got to work to understand scriptures. You've got to work to understand the communication. You've got to work. 
to understand the enemy. So knowing the cosmic map, there are friendly forces. I put a map up there just so you can see. Oh, here's the battle. They're coming in this way. This is Gettysburg, in case you're a history buff. You don't have to look at that. But anyway, friendly forces and the enemy on the other side, and you need to know who they are. So there's friendly forces. You need to know who are the friendly forces. What do they do? How do angels actually fit into this thing? You know, if God's on our side, we've got, and, and Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age, and I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you. And he says, I have these ministering spirits, angels that come and help those who are going to be saved. That's you. Where are the friendly forces? And, and the other believers on your team, where are they? What are they doing? What if you start blasting with your cannon and you're shooting your own? Stuff happens. What do we need to know? We need to know where they are. We need to know who they are and what they're up to. And that means some divine beings as well as human beings and those who are believers. Uh, Placement, friendly forces. We need to know placement, who's here, who's there, where... What kind of things are uh, unfolding? How, uh, where do I find them? Are there places that are going to uh, be more right for me than, than wrong or more wrong for me than right? If you are fighting addictions, probably best not to go to a house that sells drugs. Probably not wise if you're struggling with alcoholism to go to a bar. They're just... You know, how hard is this? Avoid those things. Placement. You figure out where can I go so that I can get trained and so that I can do the most good with my training when the time comes. I need to be equipped. So I need to know placement. I need to know places. I need to know power. So how much ammo, what kind of weaponry, what kind of stuff is going on? Um, on both sides, but oh, we're just doing friendly forces right now. Um, so we need to know the power, the power of the Holy Spirit, power of God, the power that he puts into individual believers, and how, do, how does that work when uh, two or three of us come together? And Jesus said, you know, you get two or three together, I'm there in your midst. That changed things? Yeah, I got some power. How do you deal with the demonic when that comes up? Well, I ain't never had it come up. How many angels have you entertained? No, I never entertained any angels. Remember that whole thing in Hebrews? Angels unaware? You don't know because they are there and they're interacting with you and you assume it's another human. Guess what? Same is true on the other side. And Satan likes to pretend that he is an angel of light. So again, how many demons have you dealt with? How many angels have you encountered? You go, I don't know. Don't think I ever. And I'm here to tell you, you have. Just like you have viruses 
and bacteria. And you need to be ready. Put on the whole armor of God and be able to handle it, which means being equipped. It's there. But you need to understand the cosmic map, the friendly forces. So you need to know placement, power, uh, procedures. How does it work? How do, how do I engage? How do I use what God's given me? What are the tools? What are the weapons? The weapons are of our warfare. I mean, you just think of the scriptures that, that go with this. They are not flesh and blood things. Our weapons are from above. They're divine. They're, they're spiritual things. The thing that's going to change the, the fractured world we live in comes from the spiritual world. You can try to feed all the hungry people and without stopping the whole hunger, uh, spiritual level of things that dry up the food in Somalia or have the government troops come and grab the food if any of the poorer people in a town get some. And that happens. It's happened through the generations over the centuries. Huh. All this stuff can just be taken away when the spirit is different. When the spiritual battle is one, and a whole spirit of generosity, a spirit of humanity comes in, and you go, you know, I think as a, as a nation, we ought to feed and take care of our own. So let's feed our own Somalian people. Why is it they have to put commercials on TV in America to get food? Because there's a spiritual war going on. These spiritual influences can actually dry up the land and then motivate these guys in a truck with their AK-47s to go take everything somebody else has. No compassion. So should we just keep sending money or should we actually engage as equipped saints, holy ones of God, and take on the battle that really exists, that's out there? We got to know, but there are ways to do that. Procedures. We need to learn those procedures. How do we and how do we engage the the uh, the enemy? So the enemy forces. We need to know their placement. Uh, what's the power? How much power? How much power is Satan greater? No, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. But in the short run, if we don't put on the full armor of God, if we're not equipped, if we don't know the scriptures, we're not handling it like workmen. We don't communicate with God the way he wants us to communicate. What chance do we have against a divine being who is dead set on destroying us? If you're thinking zero, you're pretty close. That's where we are. And we need to know their procedures. What do they do? Where are they? What power do they have? Where are they? And we need to know what God has given us so that we can take them on. And those things are in the scriptures. They're available to us. That power is greater, available to us, is greater than anything out there. But if we don't know how to access it, we don't know how to use it, we're not equipped, it doesn't do us any good. Human condition. Human qualities. Potential and the difference of being with and without God. We have 
people all made by God. I mean, this is, you know, that everybody is, is in that camp. And there are abilities and, and uh, similarities. All those things are, are true. And God wants more of humanity in his family. So we should want more of humanity in his family as well. Those qualities are there. He loves, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. All of that. There's incredible potential in, in human beings. God knows that. He put it there. He wants to see this come along. But the difference between those with God and those without God, you go, without God, I'm going to seek my own. I'm going to listen to the prince of the power of the air. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to steal the food from the hungry Somalians because they have a little bit, and, and I, even though I have a truckload, I want theirs too. Yeah, that's, that's the human way to do this. Those without God just continue to look for ways to get more and care less about others. Those with God, as we walk with God, our, our love for others increases because our love, when we love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, our love for others then takes off in a whole new way. And it begins to become more like Christ, become more like his way of giving, of, of really engaging with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. But we need, we need God. With him, we stand a chance And we stand a chance for the rest of the world. That rests on our shoulders. You want to change the world? You can go to the Senate. If God tells you to go be a senator, go be a senator. But what happens in the Capitol building is nothing like what can happen here. Not close to what can happen here. If you get equipped... If you do the thing God has for you to do, nothing out there is as close to what God wants accomplished as what can happen here. With God. Ownership and responsibility. Ownership and responsibility. Knowing sin, transgressions, and the nature of rebellion against God. This is part of that taking Uh, ownership of this stuff recognizing instead of explaining away that we have issues that we have no sin that we've never transgressed you know it's them it's them the other political party it's them the other people in management or it's them in my family it's them the other drivers because I always drive really well Take responsibility. We're all sinners and we all fall fall short of the glory of God. We, when we recognize it, when we see our our failings and and that nature, the rebellion against God is is that tendency to, I just want to do it my way. I, I, I know God told me to do this, but I just, you know, Hey, I just I need a break, or I need to get even, or I need whatever the need thing is that comes up in our heads. And God's saying, no, you don't. It, no. You need to own up to you, your sin, your transgressions, your failings, where you struggle, and you own that before God. 
that that is a reality, that that tendency is there. What we're trying to do, again, do a percentage, am I 10% better than I was in, in recognizing and in, in quickly recognizing my area of, of sin or problem or struggle, but I'm owning it, 50%. I mean, get to 90, that would be cool. Get an A, work on an A+, plus. keep moving this thing up. But we need to own it, not blame everybody else, just where is it in me? Ownership and responsibility. Uh, taking failure to God and confessing sin. That's, you know, First John 1, 9. That is, no, I, I really did. I sin against God, and Lord, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I blew it, and he says that he will make it right. He will turn that around and clean us up. And then we can have a relationship with God, fellowship with God, fellowship with other believers. It puts us back in, in the right balance of things. And we turn from the world's ways to God. We don't keep doing the same thing the same way. We don't stick with the, the world's ways of doing things. We go to God. We learn from him. We uh, and that way of thinking doesn't happen if we don't know who he is. That's why we have to start with that in this list of equipping. If I think my mixture of the world with God and my explaining to God that this is how I like it, so you know this is my recipe for success, and God's going, huh, here's my recipe for success, and yours doesn't look anything like mine, so should I change and go with you? Or is this the time you change and you go with me? Well, this is about we change, go with him. We don't stay the same. We, we own it. We turn to God. And we have to get better at recognizing where the world has a hold on us, where the world is influencing us. Cut it off. If you listen to music that drags you down, stop it. There's other music. You don't have to listen to it. Maybe books or, you know, some people can read things or listen to you, and somebody needs to because it all needs to be evaluated. But it can influence, and if it influences you in a negative way because the world has a hold on you, just stop it. Get away from the world. Go to God. Learn to hear him. Learn to go his way. Make that break. Own it. Take responsibility. Move forward. Christ and the cross, understanding the necessity of the cross. If we don't understand sin, we're not going to understand the necessity of the cross. We need to know why Jesus would bother to be nailed to a cross and die when he didn't have to. He lived in heaven. Everybody else is trying to get to heaven. He was already there. He left it on our behalf to be nailed to a cross, to suffer and die on our behalf, to pay the penalty. So why? So I don't need to understand the necessity of the cross, how that works, what is happening there on those two beams of wood that changes all of history for all of eternity. I need to know. There's power in the blood. Grasping the work on the cross, all that Christ accomplished, and we've covered a bunch of those things in recent times, but... We need to work on that some more, grasping the work on the cross of all that unfolded in just a few hours 
is just a, a, an incredible thing that, that took place, seeing the cross in cosmic and personal ways. So we want to see what happened in the battle against evil, darkness and light, but also what happens personally. What is it when I believe Jesus, when I accept, when I see that cross and I take him in, what happens to me? And that hap- that's, that's a powerful change. It's Christ and the cross. We need to know that. Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Those are, those are vital, part of this equipping thing, understanding how, how he accomplished what he did. So there's cosmic accomplishments, which means out beyond the universe, this universe, the physical universe, there, we've got heavens, we've got the heavenlies that refers to a space, a dimensional space between where we are and where God lives. The ultimate heaven is where he is, but there's referred to as the heavenlies are in between. Those are where the spiritual battles are. That's a dimension where there are dark spirits as well as God's angels. All of those things are in play. And Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension played a part in changing the balance of that, what he accomplished in, in that time. Understanding that helps to equip you to take on the battle of all that is going on around you in this world, in this time, in history, as a human being walking with God. Understanding that makes a big, it just makes a huge difference. So cosmic accomplishments, there's general work. What he did for the world, what he did with his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to to change things for creation. Creation is impacted by these things. Creation, the nature of things in the universe. Uh, personal benefit. So his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, according to 1 Corinthians 15, makes a difference for all of us as believers because now when we die, we go to be with the Lord when we're with him, we have a spiritual body that just, which is the one that lives in us anyway. But then we have a resurrected body coming. There's a whole new thing on the horizon. That's a personal benefit because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. We need to know that. When we go to funerals, when somebody in our family dies, when somebody's facing cancer, when they're fighting, 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 spending the entire family fortune to get two more weeks Put that hose in them. Suction it out. Feed them. Get their poop away. That's what you guys talk about, right? Yeah. All of that. You go, you know, I could, I could lay here and you could poke all that in, or I could go see Jesus. <laughs> Boy, I think, yeah. Spend everything you can. Sell the house. Come on. If we understand this, what decision would we make? Go see Jesus without hesitation. <laughs> but we don't if we don't understand it, because the most important thing is, oh my gosh, my 97-year-old family member just had a heart attack, and I don't know if they're going to make it. Y'all need to pray. No, they can pray that they go see Jesus. Uh, 
You ever read the end of the book, you know, the 66 books? It gets pretty good. So, anyway, just Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Essential for being equipped. Holy Spirit empowerment. He is a person. He is funny. He is uh, amazing to hang out with. But he does a bunch of things. So I'm going to tell you about that. You, you know all you know, all of this. You've just not seen it packaged like this till you know somebody came up here and did this. Anyway, Holy Spirit empowerment with His when He comes, He is bringing the presence of God into this place, into your life. He is bringing you know it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So He is coming along touching our lives, and he can bring into us the actual essence, the reality of God. It's not just, oh, I had an idea, I was inspired, I read a verse, I got tingly. No, the presence of the eternal creator God with us. That's what he does. He brings peace. And we're told we can choose to worry, be anxious, have colon issues, or we can take things to God in prayer, trust him with it, leave it there, and have peace that is beyond understanding, beyond human ability, not, oh, I meditated and I came up with peace. I, I, I got rid of that person in my life, therefore now I have peace. No. We trust God get close to him the presence of god is in us with us he changes it and he gives us a peace that is not something we can manufacture or pretend we have comes from there comes into us holy spirit brings it totally different that peace guidance he can direct us we're trying to make a decision. We have like 14 things on the plate. We're going, okay, I'm trying to decide where do I go? What do I do? How do I prioritize? Everything's hitting my mind at once. I can't even think. It's all, it's all a buzz. Everything's absolutely clear and foggy at the same time. I need guidance. Holy Spirit, that's what he does. Gives guidance. Would really be good to be equipped, wouldn't it? To have that from the Holy Spirit. Teaching. Jesus said, you guys can't handle everything. He's trained them for three and a half years. You can't handle this. You can't handle the truth. That's some, from somewhere. So, what does he do? He says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you. He will bring to your mind the things that you know I said. But he's going to teach you more because he's going to take you further than I did. And he's been doing that now for 2,000 years. He is available. What if we don't know how to access him? What if we don't know how to do this? What if we're not equipped? Where's our guidance coming from? Because there's another force. Prince of the power of the air going, I got ideas. Which one are we going to go with? Well, that's the one we're used to, so we go with that one quick. This one is unusual, so it means I have to walk with God enough that this becomes the usual, and I'm comfortable hearing from him. I get 
the presence of God. I have peace. Now I have guidance. Teaching. And then communication. I, I want to pray. Well, how am I supposed to pray? Scripture says we're supposed to pray in the Spirit. That, that doesn't mean speaking in tongues, in, in case you're from that kind of background. This means actually having the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, in us, connecting our hearts with God to the throne room of the living God and that we can communicate. And the Holy Spirit will help us tune those prayers properly. Oh, I can't go sideways. I had some things to say, but we're not going there. All right, communication. He will do that. He will help us communicate with God. He will help us communicate with other believers as well. So he, he can do a whole lot of things to straight, straighten things up. And, and we're going, man, I hope I say the right thing, which is actually what I pray every time I come up here, that I'm going to say the right thing. But I'm also praying that you have ears to hear, and that it takes both. So communication takes two, you know, two-way street. Character, Holy Spirit provides... Uh, he wants to make us into a character like Jesus, that, that our habits, our tendencies, our responses are more and more like Christ. So you read through the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and you go, Jesus is laying those out. He says, this is what it looks like when you walk in the kingdom with me. You are changed. You, you don't have to, oh, I'm going to work and groan and try to be good to people. Mm, that's not what he's talking about. He says, I want your righteousness to be better, more than the righteousness of the Pharisees who were the best at groaning and making those rules and working them. He says, I want yours to be, and you read that and you go, oh man, I can't do it. That's just too much because we don't understand what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to become so different that you naturally, normally turn to kindness, to being genuine, to being real, to speaking truth, to imparting what is good into the life of another. All of those things. That's what he's talking about. That kind of righteousness that comes from out there to us. Where does it come from? The Holy Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Oh, so if I get closer to Jesus, and I'm walking in the Spirit, and the Spirit's in me, He's going to change me. I'm not going, oh, I have to be kind and patient. I'm just so out of that. Yeah, He knows. When you don't have it, it's clear. He knows. And now you do. The Holy Spirit provides that from out there, not from in you, so that you groan and have the righteousness of the Pharisees, it comes from him, provided for you, because you decided to get close to him, obey him, understand him, be equipped by him, and now you can function with him. Changes everything. Communication, character, supernatural abilities. Those are fun. But they fit with character. They fit with the presence of God. They fit with knowing what God's guidance is, these supernatural abilities. So he's going to give his people abilities to see things that others can't see, to hear things others can't hear, 
to look into the future at times. He will access uh, people's uh, ability to one person speaking to another. That person will know what to say to that other person, not knowing their entire background, but they can speak to an issue in their life provided by the Holy Spirit who just gave them a clear uh, image or words to speak and saying, here's the situation. That person was abused at 12. This is what happened. Not all the details, but enough to say, now I want you to speak about what, you know, that situation like that to them and offer them my loving touch, my healing, my help. And that person hears that. Like, how did you know that? How did you know what happened in June of that year? How did you... I, go, I don't know, but just heard I was supposed to say that to you. And you, you know, don't feel free not to say all that because that freaks people out. But supernatural abilities that, that the Holy Spirit has access to all that. He knows all of us. How many hairs are on your head? How many hairs are represented in this entire room? And he knows. So he knows all of the history. He knows all the future. He knows what you need right now. And he can speak to that so that your heart can be open to him or be healed by him in that moment. And he may speak to another person to say that to you or to give you something or to point you to something or provide you a book about something. It's just all kinds of things can happen through that. But he will give you supernatural abilities. And you can read about a bunch of those in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. And he, in Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, all of those are listed. And that's just a sample. But it gives you an idea of this kind of stuff that he does. And he wants to give that to us. There's a tendency in Christianity to say, man, I just want the supernatural abilities. I want to skip the rest of this. This like being a workman and character and being patient and nope i want the supernatural ability thing it's not a la carte i mean people do get it that way but it is wacky and you've seen them been around them so you know it can get wacky don't do a la carte this is full-on combo meal number two you're going to sign up for the whole thing like it is no changes his way be equipped Communication, character, supernatural abilities, power come from the Holy Spirit. He's tying what's in heaven to us. We're supposed to be thinking about that so that he can get to us to help us overcome the junk that's in this world, the brokenness in our own lives and the stuff around us so that we can be lights that shine and the rest of the world can see it and we honor him. All that happens. Mission qualified. Be ready. Be ready. This is putting it all together, Put on, putting on the new self, the new self in Christ, taking off the old. And when you change clothes, do you change just part of a coat, part of a shirt, or all of it? Because it, see, that's what our Christian thing is. We do some of it because we want to, you know, I still want to keep the dirty shirt on, but I want to put the new one on and look cool. And that's why the imagery is so cool. Take it all off. All the old stuff, the dirty stuff, even Revelation when he starts going through clothing. So I took off that old stuff and I put new robes, white 
robes on them because that's where we're headed. And he wants us to do that now. And it's our choice to do that every day. Put on the armor, but we've got to also change out of these old clothes, put on the new stuff, geared up with God's armor and power. Ephesians 6, we need to be uh, continually aware of that need. He wouldn't have put it there if we were just fine without it. He's not saying just, you know, beachwear. Beachwear will work. No, armor. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually operating in the Holy Spirit, letting him come in. Not filled with anger, rage, frustration, anxiety, whatever else we've got that we get filled up with. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Having the mind of Christ, thinking his way, getting in the scripture. But we've got to know him, we've got to know the scriptures, we've got to do that work to be able to have the mind of Christ. Prioritizing God's goals, that's really hard. We have our own dreams, we have our own expectations, and we're mad at God when he doesn't meet them. And he's going, where did you come up with that's what I'm supposed to be doing? We are to prioritize his goals. We fit into his goals. He's the creator He's the most high God. He's the one who is going to come back and receive us to his home. Tim. We prioritize his goals. We change everything. Courageously taking a stand in the battle. Courageously taking a stand in the battle. When you read through the end of the book, Revelation... There's a city. There's a wall. The gates are open. God's on the throne. Who are out, outside? Who are the ones who are outside? Cowards. Cowards. I hope that's shocking. Cowards. Look it up. So why would that be? This is be strong and courageous. Go in my power. Trust me. Courageously. Courageously taking a stand in the battle. But we need to be equipped. Got to be ready. Got to put all these pieces together. It's not piecemeal, a la carte. It's all of it. And then God will be well pleased. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Because of Christ, thank you for the power that we have because of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the truths that we have because of the scriptures. Thank you for the support we have because of our fellow believers. Thank you for the help we have through the angels who are keeping an eye on us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, we're looking at being equipped. I pray that you would point out uh, any area where we need to work on these things. We've all done something, and we're all working in certain directions, but there's more to be done. And thank you for the progress made, the work already done. And I pray, Lord, that we would be even... uh, growing, becoming more mature, becoming more and more like Christ and more uh, 
and better equipped going forward. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say The day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we 
are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. Amen. We have a meal coming up. We'll set some tables up out there and 